Okay, next up we have the football in the groin funniest moment. This is the funniest moment. Guess okay. what? <laughs> um, so to start off, we have uh, EU Supergirls trip to Manchester. Oh yeah. She <laughs> was following Tim Martin around Weatherspoons to debate and learn some really. And in this particular <laughs> installment, you knave. She learned some really cool facts about EU regional development funding and the Graphene Institute. Amazing. Uh, uh, what's funny about this is it's impossible to describe really on a podcast. The video is her talking to this scientist about graphene production <laughs> and ways that you could use. And she's staring into the camera. Graphene, the whole time. and she is holding the microphone out and staring into the camera the whole time, as if to say, <laughs> "What? See, see what you've done. Yeah, you've interrupted graphene production, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> You're no different than a royal Ulster constabulary." <laughs> Look how interesting the box factory is. <laughs> we make boxes for graphene. <laughs> uh, secondly, we have Theresa May constantly losing votes <laughs> during 2019. The government was defeated 15 times in the first seven months of 2019. Look, Jeremy Corbyn should have been a better opposition. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I, the weird thing is about this, I've kind of come around to the thing of like, huh, you know, if they'd allowed one of these uh, one of these deals through, we'd have exactly the same yeah. situation, except we'd probably be in a better position for an election. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's not funny. The funny things were usually the <laughs> statements. That's that horrible. Were, the statements that were accompanied uh, yeah. accompanied them, which yeah. was some manner of nearly three years have passed since the public voted to leave the European Union. It was the biggest democratic exercise in British history. I was elected to enact the and deliver that verdict. I triggered the Article 50 process for to exit the EU, and Parliament supported it. Two years on, we have not been able to agree. You are tired of infighting. You are tired of political games and arcane procedural rows. Tired of talking about nothing else but Brexit. You want this stage of the Brexit process to be done. Like, okay, we've got on and on and on. Yeah. That happened approximately every ten days... Mm. for seven months mm, mm, mm. of there would be a special thing and I remember you know we would all tell each other oh she's making a statement she's going to resign she's yeah. going to resign and then looking to see what emblem was on the, um, yeah. the podium and it's like oh no <laughs> emblem hanky code it's yeah. that thing no fine yeah sure okay yeah yeah. it was pretty funny to see her cry it is, in- it is incredibly yeah, funny to just when see did, that when did, Theresa May, when did Theresa May cry did she cry when she went to Grimfell did she bollocks did Definitely she cry not. when she lost her job yeah she did <laughs> Like that, yeah. Yeah. Look, we we cope with grief in different ways. We do. We do. Maybe this is maybe this is only funny in that like Stuart Lee repeating the same thing over and over again, funny. Yeah. But you know, it starts stops getting funny, and then it started getting funny again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Number three, we have uh, Asda runs on central planning. Only included this. This is uh, (laughs) a. This is pretty funny. I retweeted something that James Bloodworth said about um like supermarkets or, or something like that or mm. central planning mm. right that supermarkets he said something like central planning doesn't work he said central planning doesn't work some kind of anti-communist bromide mm. and uh, he retweeted it and he got so angry he, he used the R word got suspended and then all the agrocentrists started complaining started arguing with each other mm-hmm. about who would get sent to the gulag first that was pretty funny Kate Maltby um Tweeted at Jack saying, uh, or at uh, Joe Rogan saying, the "This next is all in our mentions." Have, 
The, the next time you have at Jack on the show, can you ask him why critically acclaimed left-wing journalist and author James Bloodworth was suspended on Twitter for criticising communist regimes? It's like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, that was just like a Saturday morning. It was just like a Saturday morning, you know, just... And I think it was an old tweet as well that he had retweeted. Yeah. And he just went in hard and got so mad yeah. that he used the R word. Yeah, he did. And so did Bloodworth. Yeah. Uh, Bloodworth uh, balls. balls, yeah. Yeah. They were all the worst people going after that. Blood a bit self referential to put yourself in there, though. Yeah, like, true. Yeah. yeah. What? It's disgusting. It's my pod. That was fun, though. <laughs> that was a fun moment for you it guys. Was. It was. That was a fun, fun moment for all guys, yeah. Um. Joe Swinson having to deny that she shoots squirrels. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the power of the shitpost left. She went on LBC to say, I dot 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 like squirrels before going on to denounce fake news. So I got Joy Reid's um, body language expert in and that was all nice. <laughs> While she said, I like squirrels, she was doing a snapping motion with her hands. <laughs> like she was snapping the head of a Oh, come on, Hugh. You know that could have been any woodland creature. <laughs> I like them dead in my basement. <laughs> yeah, in actuality, it's not squirrels. It's voles. Oh, just like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> we have Mike Gapes and Michael Crick. That was pretty funny. That was great. Um, the whole... Uh, was it Jimothy? No. Um, no, it was um, Richard Richard Miller, Miller sorry. Sorry, I got confused between two very different... They're very, very different people. Richard very Miller prominent con- journalists. Richard Miller is a condom filler. Jimothy Baker goes in raw. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, I see. Um, and then uh, a documentary came out on uh, Mike Gapes' election campaign. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> by some enterprising young journalist who... Their name escapes me. I don't know if you can remember or uh, have negotiated your way around exactly how do you say it or do you not say it? <laughs> um, an impressive young figure on the left. I really like, I hope we see more from them because, mm-hmm. I mean, following Mike Gapes around as he did his election stuff and finding out that he's largely Powers. the same figure <laughs> in front of the making a speech or in yeah. Parliament that he is in real life. Yeah. The thing about having to wait to go door knocking because Mike Gates is, is composing tweets. <laughs> Doing battle with the trolls on Twitter. See, look. He's trolling Corbin. Okay. See, because of the blood transfusion thing, now in my head, oh, no. Gates is sitting there and he's up on like all these like these drips constantly flooding into him. Like <laughs> When you first see Whitebeard in One Piece, he's sitting there and he's massive. And I imagine Gapes is also like 666 centimetres tall. Sitting there are all these drips of all this different POC blood. Well, the... how else do you maintain your absolute terror field? That's a good point. <laughs> We've missed the obvious reference there, which is the fucking Emperor of Mankind. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Just having loads of drips in him. <laughs> Just harvesting psychers in Ilford. So you can compose tweets about Corbyn. But yeah, that was that was pretty good. That, that was, was pretty great. Incredibly funny. I mean, really like the, the, the icing on the Michael Crick interview though was when he went to went to interview Sam Terry and he was like, Oh, we had a wonderful day throwing all this stuff in the skip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, to be fair, it would be so much fun. Like, what does Gabe's have in his desk? Apart from like old milk bottles. No, he doesn't have old milk bottles. He definitely... Like, he keeps studious- that fresh. No, he studiously puts them out for the moment. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, we have Rob Burley and... I don't know what to call this. Hairgate? Kidgate? So there was a claim made 
that BBC Question Time hired the son of Politics Live editor Rob Burley to pose as a Brexit and Boris Johnson supporter in the show's audience. Is this a serial? This was officially debunked as a host by Full Fact, the UK's foremost <laughs> fact-checking organisation, said the false claim originated from a spoof account on Twitter from Twitter user Dr. Robert Zanz, <laughs> who said the morning after the show... Uh, to say that the man in the clip was called Cyril and was from an incredibly affluent family. The account claimed Burley had dressed him and had his hair cut to make him look like a regular working class youngster, <laughs> adding, I can assure you I know this boy and he is a fox hunter. <laughs> I, I don't see much comedy in this because Robert Zanz has always been the uh, absolute uh, portrait of um, a, a very, very serious uh Journalism. He's, yeah, he's, he's astute, sober, yeah. probity, yeah. all those words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. He's and doing the work that the BBC aren't. Yeah. yeah. Holding Rob Burley to account mm. for allegedly putting his son up on question time. No honour among Robs. God. <laughs> <laughs> Jolion Morgan QC was a hero to many. Then he beat a fox. <laughs> <laughs> right, sneaking in right at the tail end of the year. Your oh. Boxing Day treat. That was so good. I it it's you can't so you good. can't you can't really write. I know it's a cliche, but you can't really write this to yeah. do it justice. No, you couldn't make it up in a way that to do it justice because this is also something that exactly you would make up. Yes, you know. I love the exchange between him and the RSPCA with him saying that like oh, I had to beat it to death because the RSPCA weren't working, and they replied <laughs> saying we absolutely were working. <laughs> The Scotty Richards of his wife saying like I'm gonna call the RSPCA and he's getting his bat dumped in her kimono. <laughs> he's he's wiping it off with the corner of yeah, his kimono because he was wearing a kimono. So the actual his tweet was kimono. Uh, the actual tweet was the phrasing is incredible as well. Already this morning I have killed a fox with a baseball bat. Oh just God mornings eh? How's your Boxing Day going? He said he'd worn his wife's too small, too small green kimono to kill the fox, which got trapped in netting while trying to get at chickens he kept in his central London garden. Afterwards, nerf, nursing my hangover with a coffee. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to need that. Um, but, so like, just like cracking the head of the fox with the, with the bat. If you then he um, like spins it round, flicks the blood, wipes it on his kimono, and. The baseball bat sheave. Yeah. Uh, but, like, if you go through his Twitter history, there is more than one occasion over the years of him talking about wearing his wife's too small kimono and having to do things in the morning. Mm. That's amazing. So. Buy a dressing gown that. <laughs> Buy yourself a kimono. Or at least cut- a kimono that sits. Cutting out the middleman. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just a daily... And bear in mind, like, we do laugh about Jolio Morgan. He's kind of a oh, figure yeah. of fun. He's a weird... He has man. also probably freak. been one of the more effective um, pro-Remain QCs. Mm. He has successfully bought cases against Brexit that has actually influenced the way that Brexit has gone. He said that the fox was a life that's, that you're willing to pay for that. Uh, look, but I'm every saying... Year, every couple of years you have to sacrifice a fox to the Morgan for to do his Brexit work. <laughs> And what Ideally, this got, would be at like the Morgan people, estate in the People window. in the town, they, they pick a fox and they doll it up to like get it all out in its ceremonial garb and, sh- and push it towards the Morgan. <laughs> as he comes out in his wife's kimono as he, com- it to as he comes out of the windmill and the windmill picks up the back of his kimono, he's completely nude. Because he lives in Underneath, a he's covered in blood. Does he live in a windmill or does he just have windmills? He owns two windmills, but this was at his central London flat. Or his central London garden, they say. I presume it's a house or a flat or something. 
There's a thing okay, there. Like, okay. I have a problem with people who keep chickens in London. Mm-hmm. Central London especially. Yeah, and complain about the foxes. Because, like, it's, it's not that... It's like like it's not that hard to make sure foxes can't get you. The analogy chicken. is literally it's like putting fox in the hen a fox yeah. in the hen house. Well, you can like you can do the fencing. You have to bury the fencing to make sure the fox because foxes dig, and only a fucking idiot doesn't realize foxes dig. And we've got a lot of hungry foxes, and you've got all these chickens. But I really, really, really hate people who live in round wolfs that have fucking cockerels. Mm. Because what are you doing with fucking cockerel? You're not having. You don't have a small holding. You've got a fucking two bedroom fucking flat. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have a small holding. I know it costs as much as a small holding. But, oh, don't have a cockerel. I'm surprised to hear that he actually owns Man. windmills. I thought that it was like a comment on his uh, arguments being quixotic and fruitless. <laughs> oh, no, no. He no. owns a one million pound windmill well, that, that, in Suffolk, Sussex, somewhere like that. I guess you could say that that's also Like a listed building. A bit quixotic, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Jolion Morgan, everything writes itself. That's his key yeah. gift. That's what distinguishes him from so many others. Is that it, I I just he he barrels from very very serious stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, you did something. To he beat a fox to death in his wife's kimono. <laughs> How I got in his wife's kimono, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another day. Uh, next we have ooh, the Beau Brummel thread. <sighs> That was this year, so it was... This was a favourite of yours. Someone called Alex Rowland. Um, It was... It is probably the second worst thread ever to be on Twitter after the um, Time for Some Game Theory one. (laughs) It's long. So many bad friends. And it has so many of the quirks and syntax of incredibly bad, like... um, Woke Tumblr threads, mm-hmm. yeah, the woke Twitter threads, you know. Oh, like the um, the ones where they like they've just realised something about a thing that everyone else already knows. Or something like, they've realised. I need to stop and take a sip of Chardonnay. Or yeah. or something that no one realised because it was stupid and wrong. Yeah. Which is the case in this. So I, I won't read out the whole thing. I'll read out some sections. This one is for all my boys suffering under toxic masculinity. Thread as fuck. Thread AF. Boys, my boys, do you know why you dress like that? Why you have that haircut? Do you know whose fucking fault it is that acceptable colours for men are black, grey, navy blue, olive drab? It is because of one man. One man! Bro fucking Brummel. I need to take a moment to see the rage. Hang on. Okay, we good. She's white, by the way. Bro fucking Brummel. Okay, naturally, actually, we not yet good. Maybe a nap and a cup of tea to calm me down. So, BFB, I'm going to have to stop to grind my teeth if I die his whole name. I'll have was you one know of the I most... wear black because of Baron of Manson. <laughs> was one of the most famous... I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. <laughs> exactly. He was one of the most famous dandies in Regency England. Dandies were really concerned with physical appearance and dress, and the king of the dandies was Bo fucking Brummel, throws a chair out the window. He was not a gentleman or aristocrat. <laughs> He was just some guy. He was just some guy so fucking hard that in his lifetime he wrenched men's fashions in a totally new direction. And I hate him so much. So much. (laughs) He's the literal author of that part of toxic masculinity. He is the inventor of the reason so many men feel self-conscious in anything eye-catching or unique. Shapeless hoodies and hit jeans or cargo pants for everybody. A suit that looks exactly like someone else. You don't have to live in the cult of Beau Rommel anymore. There is a world outside. You can be seen. Let's get us some pantaloons. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stop adding to this thread now. I might still might add more later. But I love you. You're cute. The thing is, I know why you're angry at this and, and are so obsessed with it. It's because most of your clothes were taken from the Lost Property bin at Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> That's like How most of your fashion for years. dare you? It's true. 
No, it's not that. Spoiled it's the, it smelled like Rock City. The, 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 the <laughs> conception of dandies and the conception yeah. of the social impact of men's fashion yeah. and how that interacts with toxic masculinity is, yeah, fine, sure. Mm-hmm. Go on about it. But like, blaming it on one great man yeah. makes the same error as blaming any historical mm. thing on one great man yeah. and just the actual language around it and the anger against Bo, Bo Brummel. <laughs> Somebody and, who and died 250 years ago. It's... Why are you doing this? What are you doing? Yeah. It's so fucking irritating. Um, and saying like, oh, he couldn't afford fancy jewelries or expensive fabrics, so he made it unacceptable for any man to wear jewelry or expensive fabrics. It's like, ah, oh, yes. Poor piece of shit. The thing that often makes me not wear expensive jewelry is the fear of social exclusion, mm-hmm. not the fact that I can't fucking afford it. Yeah. That class element of it really pissed me off. Mm. I, really I did. Like whenever we were in town, we walk past a fancy jewelry store. I see you staring longingly at those diamond necklaces, <laughs> case in the joint. <laughs> That's really want to wear one. But Bo Brummel's ghost hanging behind you. <laughs> um, okay, next we have Chucker freaking out about Tig Chain Tig Change UK's uh, logo. Thomas Coulson, a journalist, asked Chucker Ramuna why Change UK is using so many colours in its branding. Mm -hmm. He said, It's not relevant. That is Westminster bubble speak. Oh my God, we've dared to use three or four different colours. Listen to yourself. That's the same old Westminster way. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. He probably it's probably the only emotion I've ever seen him <laughs> seen him display. He one hundred percent designed that logo. And it's that's all, like the only time I've ever seen him be angry. And it's also What's wrong with it, huh? Yeah. What's your problem? You think you could do better? Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, distinguishing between parties and make sure what making sure one party doesn't look like another yeah. is literally an electoral commission thing. Yeah. So it wasn't like the old Westminster way. This this was like How maybe dare a few you days afterwards. Me. With my new amazing ideas, like in some constituency, my, our symbol will be a tree. In some constituencies, our symbol will be a rose. Look, it's got nothing to do with anything other than you just being angry. How it's, dare you? It, that seemed to me the point. Things. That seemed to me the point where he was getting like angry yeah. about it, like angry about the choice he'd made. Because he was so annoyed that they couldn't see how brilliant he was. Man yeah. was really head up. That he was just infuriated with the whole thing. It's like, you made your bed. <laughs> uh, okay, we have uh, Stella and John McDonald's exchange on Twitter. Oh, hell yeah. So, if you don't know, Walthamstow Mall suffered a fire uh, earlier in the year and uh, it was quite, quite a big one. Whole whole area was shut down for a few days. Half the mall is still shut. It is, the whole, yeah. the whole left side of the mall is, is walled over. The Asda's only just reopened. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was it was shut for like a good three months. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was a bad fire. Still no food court. Still have to travel very very far if you want to try out the KFC vegan burger. God damn it! <laughs> um, and Stella took to Twitter, I think the day after, mm-hmm. to say, "Hi, John McDonnell. Your office just emailed to say you are coming to speak at an event in Walthamstow today." I don't know where or what, as is not invited myself. It's tweeting this publicly. But you yeah. might want to be aware there's a major fire here affecting travel options. McDonnell responded by saying, Thanks, Stella. Sorry to hear about fire and hope everyone is safe. I'm not at a meeting in Walthamstow today. I was hoping to speak at a Sarah meeting there last Saturday <laughs> and my office emailed you to let you know. My earlier meeting over and I couldn't make it. You, we emailed you to say. <laughs> it's like, Stella, what are you doing? You're bungling yeah. it so bad, Stella. Yeah. Oh, Stella. <laughs> Stella, we know you're listening. Well, it's weird because like, I can't see her tweets anymore. Yeah. Oh, are you blocked? I'm blocked now too. Yeah. Pod, the pod account the pod is not blocked. No, but our personal ones are. 
I don't. Yeah, my yeah, actually, which right, is weird. Right. Which is very odd. That there's no a, I like not. There's a link between the two, so you would think that they would have looked at it, but uh, maybe it's a block list or something. Maybe. Yeah, that made me laugh. Uh, next, we have dr- <laughs> drugstore culture. That literally was this year. That oh, closed shit. this year. Yeah. For a bit of background. Yeah. Right. Drugstore culture was this new hip magazine that like was going unheard, to be staffed. Like it was going to be like kind if of a vice. You could imagine something hipper than unheard. <laughs> a vice style thing mm-hmm. that was going to be staffed entirely by moribund Guardian and Times columnists. Imagine drugstore cowboy, but straight. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Um, it was launched in 2017. Could you imagine Vice if instead of it being instead of it, the only people who write for it are people who are going to work for the Guardian, the people <laughs> who are on the altar of the Guardian? It was. If gonna... You can imagine such a world. Could you imagine if Vice was owned by Murdoch? <laughs> oh, oh wait, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it was going to be a globally recognised culture and arts magazine, citing Rolling Stone magazine of the 70s as an inspiration. I can say our launch uh, would be globally It was launched by. Like it, is. it was launched by Charles Finch. With the pref- the um, uh, editor in chief being Matthew Dancona, amazing, the world, the hippest, the world's saddest man. <laughs> I love his picture on um, is it his Guardian picture where he looks so sad? It's it was his Guardian thing where he just looks like he's been told that he won't be getting a treat at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm sorry, your stocking is full of coal. <laughs> um, he said that he didn't have a target audience for the magazine as he didn't want to limit himself by singling out a particular group because that's how magazines flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, it all fell apart and um, Dancona and the entire staff resigned over two two women uh, who uh, two women journalists who uh, Charles Finch, the owner, had decided to sack. Uh, they also typed, um, said about the fact that they were expected to pay contributors from their own pockets because he refused to pay up because... The staff would not allow more sex in the magazine's depiction of women. Uh, he also fought off the publisher's plan to dress female servers at the drugstore summer party in sex- sexy cocktail uniforms. He also pressured Dancona to be editorially sympathetic to Brett Kavanagh in the Supreme Court confirmation. <laughs> and suggested he organise a one-man show for Finch's friend Harvey Weinstein Amazing. at the Royal Academy long after <laughs> harassment allegations. Oh. It just quit. All the grades! They just... Finished, yeah, and that was it. Oh, it's yeah. I don't know what more to say about that. Like it's just the idea of Matthew Dancona coming out of his coming out of this looking the best <laughs> is a weird thing if you yeah. know anything about Matthew Dancona. Uh, next, we have Boris Johnson sending his dad and Michael Gove to try and infiltrate the climate change debate that Boris refused to appear on. Yep. Oh my goodness, that, that was, was so good. oh wow, that was, it's just like the fact that people voted for him after that, yeah. after like, that, and like hiding in a fridge. And why just wouldn't you? Every... Why wouldn't you vote for a man who sends his dad and his best friend in? <laughs> <laughs> the best bit about those things was like, so his dad was engaged outside, like debating somebody or like a journalist who was covering it. Um, Debate is a strong word. Argue. Yeah. <laughs> he argued outside why he should be allowed in, while Michael Gove Tried to go investigative journalist? What's his po- cabinet position now? 
he has one, doesn't he? Or is he minister without portfolio? Some one of those like. I think he's got one of the weird um, ones. Yeah. He's still education. Du- Dutch. No, he's no, Duchy of Lancaster, maybe, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's something weird. The, so one, like one of the like I don't want. He's a minister, but he doesn't have a particular brief because he can't be trusted. And he's like brief. got a camera following him around. He's trying to do his like. He's trying like, to do the fucking cook report. Mm. We're gonna do stab in the dark again. Yeah. yeah. It was it was cr- just cringy. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you going to do about this? It's like, I don't know. Why don't you do something about it? Seeing as you're literally in the cabinet. Yeah. It <laughs> fucking incredible. Uh, next we have the please stop Brexit, Archbishop. Oh, Hillary snap. Ben, Yvette Cooper, Frank Field, and Norman Lamb, oh. uh, and Caroline Spellman wrote to the Archbishop of Canterbury asking him to chair a citizens' assembly on Brexit. <laughs> Basically, asked him to stop Brexit. Whenever anything bad's happened in this country, the best people to turn to are the church. Um, you know, they get, if, if they could get God to stop Brexit, we wouldn't be in this mess. That's a good point. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, asking ye shall receive. Mm-hmm. I can't remember whether he was before or after Ken Clark as Daddy Help Me. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> Daddy after. Daddy God. It, it was, yeah, <laughs> pretty sure it was after. They realised that God wasn't a powerful enough figure to stop Brexit, so they went to Ken Clark. <laughs> I've seen God in an opera cape. He looks like a fool. <laughs> so it's the God delusion after all. Dick Dawkins was right. <laughs> uh, Justin Welby responded to saying that he was open in principle, provided the forum doesn't aim to stop or delay Brexit, and has cross-party support. So exactly the answer that he was always going to give. Yeah. Because, you know, the unelected head of the church, of the state church yeah. taking over political processes... Also, was their idea that, like, oh, well, if the citizens come together, they might argue, unless they have a well-respected cultural figure, <laughs> like the, Archbishop, like of the Can- Archbishop of Canterbury, to unite them. They'll never speak ill of the Archbishop of Canterbury. No, you would never catch me speaking ill of the Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> Seriously, you can go back through hours and hours of podcasts and you'll never speak ill no. of the Archbishop of Canterbury. Probably not because I bet. Actually, I might have said something about. You've about probably Protestant. said something about Protestants are dull. <laughs> they are. Oh, hot take. Yeah. Well, reopen hottest take. <laughs> Protestants <laughs> like grey and suffering. Yeah, let's get involved in the Catholic Protestants thing again. Well, yeah, Protestants <laughs> like grey and sadness. Oh, Catholics like God. sadness for colour. They have natural rhythm. They have so. Oh, just <laughs> stop it. Look, we're going to get a lot of hot Catholic takes well, this we're, year. We're already getting them because apparently everyone's decided that it's very, very important to talk about fucking anti-papism in the Labour leadership election. Yeah. Fucking hate it. Funny! <laughs> <laughs> okay, next we have J.K. Rowling setting up a new party. I don't know if anyone remembered this. Oh my God. So, Countdown star Rachel Riley and Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling teamed up with advisors from Tony Blair's government to launch a breakaway Labour Party led by Blair's former Chief of Staff, Fine. Jonathan Powell. Great, do it. Do it. It'll be, it'll be great. A Even me- more successful than Cucktake, if that's possible. <laughs> a meeting held in the offices of Rowling's agent, Neil Blair, no relation, <laughs> included Powell and Blair speechwriter Philip Collins. The proposed party does not yet have a leader. Phil Collins? Uh, Philip Collins, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. A man called Philip Collins. Easy lover. Uh, No relation. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) The proposed party does not yet have a leader, but there was rapturous applause after one audience member proposed Miss Rowling to take charge. What? At the meeting were Rachel Riley and Tracy Ann Olbermann, 
And Nick Cohen commented, In a cursed land oiled by snakes, where an oligarchy of unicorn traders is in a perpetual state of war against a cult of magic Stalinists, a mighty witch arises to cry, Expelliarmus. Punctuate that with the sound of a gunshot. <laughs> I, knew, I know unicorns, I know magic. Trust me. That's all I wanted. Oh. All I ever wanted was a use to manifesto, but with indentured servitude for another another place. <laughs> it's just like, also, you're cowards. Like, yeah. where is it? Where is it? Where's this big party? Oh no, you've got well-paying careers. Are you just bullshit artists? Yeah. I think you are. Maybe this isn't funniest character. This is angry. <laughs> it's still making me very, very angry. All this stuff. Uh, next, cancelling the Tory conference because of proroguing. Oh yeah, shit. Remember that? So uh, Boris prorogued Parliament to put it in, out of session so that he wouldn't have any more votes to stop a no deal Brexit. Mm. Um, this was eventually ruled unlawful, and that everyone was brought back. This was in the middle of September during conference season, and at the time they had run out of time to allocate to party conferences. They begged and begged for a week, they held a vote and they got defeated. <laughs> Cue a load of fucking uh, Tory councillors like Felix Byers of Barnet, East Barnet, who said, Conservative, cance- conservative conference cancelled. Really? A huge chunk of my savings for a conference pass and accommodation gone. Three days <laughs> annual leave wasted. Why? Because the other parties are allowed to engage with their members and announce policies, but the Conservatives aren't disgraceful anti-Democrats. Where was the conference supposed to be? Where did he have a hot weekend? <laughs> was this like this Tory Glastonbury? Was Blackpool, wasn't it? Oh my God. I think this year it was in Blackpool. You know, they... Uh, you know, Pleasure Beach, place. though. Yeah, Black- Blackpool's got its charms. I don't understand. Mm, that's, Maybe that's I... it's all—it's it's all the place where me, me and my daughter walked five steps outside of a hotel, and someone screamed at her that she was an emo cunt, and then asked, <laughs> asked me for a fag. Same person. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> same. Don't don't say. Well, same group of teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how like councils work, but he said a huge chunk of my savings mm-hmm. for a conference pass and accommodation. Does he not? He probably they probably have to pay. They have to pay for a conference pass. If they're a, like, I understand, like, if you're just a member or whatever. I'm sure, I get it. But he's a councillor. He's an elected representative. I could see Tories doing that. Oh, yeah. see Tories sounds, doing that? sounds like somebody got their wallet inspected. Yeah. Yeah. He bought the full tour package. <laughs> Two weeks touring the Tory sites of Britain. <laughs> Churchill's grave. Churchill's other grave. Churchill's other grave, where he's actually buried. <laughs> Thatcher's grave. Thatcher's All the Thatcher grave. statues. Uh, where else? The site of Thatcher's second birth. Mm. Grantham. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> Next, we have people's votes. Im- people's vote implodes. Mm-hmm. So around the time that the final Brexit votes were going on, mm-hmm. uh, people's vote went full. People's Front of Judea. Uh, two of the no, people. No, I don't like that. Uh, that this was Peston saying this. Yeah, okay, fine. Of course but I fucking hate Monty Python references. Yeah, for sure. horrible. Um, two, this is the all out of themselves as racist in the past year. Yeah. Also, I don't like Monty yeah. Python. Yeah. I didn't go to public school, so yeah. I, don't, I don't get yeah. it. Sure, you don't get it, you don't understand. But I just don't like it, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's all, there's never been a Monty Python thing that's been funny. Uh, Ministry of Silly Walks is no. alright. Hmm. No. Yeah, no, you're all liars. Yeah, let's settle this right here and now. <laughs> no, you're all liars. <laughs> Monty Python is fucking terrible, and everyone who likes it should be sent to a camp. It's not the people who can't like disagree there. Certain class profile. That's why they should be okay, sent yeah. to a camp. Yeah, they go into the same file as fields of Nephilim. 
<laughs> hey, look, they like Hold my mom. On okay. A second. <laughs> Um, so yeah, people's vote uh, imploded with two of the members being locked out and um, their email... Uh, I think it was two of them were locked out of the building and fired, but they still had control over all of the emails. So they emailed the entire office, got the office to walk out. Um, <laughs> two of them were locked out and they were refusing to... Two of them were outside refusing to enter while they were on the premises. They started threatening legal action against each other, and they were counter-tweeting and uh, emailing staff members in a Costa or a coffee shop opposite the offices. Amazing. It was fantastic. That's pretty good. That sounds like that one house in um, Link to the Past, where, like, the two brothers build a wall. Hong Kong And they're just, like, sitting next to each other, being angry about each other. <laughs> well, apparently the split was over whether they should actually advocate for rem- Main, yeah. Or whether that getting Jeremy Corbyn like uh, applying pressure to the Labour Party to return to the centre was a an objective of That's the campaign. Like, um, the founder of the People's Vote was he wasn't in favour of a second vote really. Yeah, wasn't it? It was like this: the big money backer was actually just more in favour of just destroying Jeremy Corbyn, which is something that we were all yeah, saying yeah, for yeah. a while. But you know, no conspiracy theories. How yeah. dare you? Focused on technical ways and. Uh, next we have oh, Louise Mensch still around somehow the dog... no longer paying Ian Miles Chong but still around <laughs> the dog that helped kill al-Baghdadi leader of ISIS that Tr- Donald Trump gave a medal is a girl the press <laughs> should freedom of information this and stop Trump playing games this was accompanied by close up blown up footage of that dog's genitals <laughs> If, you know, real feminism well, is having more female dog assassins. <laughs> yes. Blown up pictures of a dog's genitals and a long Twitter thread arguing about dog's genitals. Hashtag not the dog's bollocks. Oh, shit. That was like, um, that was, it was around there when, um, didn't, oh yeah, they did, the White House did release a... A photoshopped image of Trump putting a medal on a dog. They photoshopped out some old general man. (laughs) (laughs) And Trump posted it himself. Everything about that was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I think we've got almost got a shoe in here. Oscatergy joining, then getting fired from Mail Online. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Yes! By the vile Assadist. When did we Peter Titch Peter Hitchens. When did we notice that when did people notice that he joined the mail online? Um, uh, within seconds. Was it was it because I don't know. Well no, as soon as the articles we're, came out. We're not sure how long he was there, but like the Twitter left was pretty uh, diligent in finding his clickbait about um, migrants brown migrants are hiding in the glove box. Yeah. And look at this big mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> Make room. Oh god. The thing is, there are, look, there are principled members of the left who work for places like the Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Writing is, about migrants sneaking into the country. Lili- from the island of Lilliput, hiding in the glove box. <laughs> Peter Hitchens, carrying on being the better Hitchens. Yeah, fight me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, pretty well, much. No, would Chris, no, what would Chris... Okay, if you look, Peter Hitchens, and say Christopher Hitchens survived mm-hmm. his Oops. massive... Life choices. Oh, his massive cunt cancer. Yeah. Thank atheist God that he didn't. <laughs> but yeah, like Peter Hitchens, Christopher Hitchens, Oz Katergy. Which one of them? Which which of the Hitchens oh. brothers would Oz Katergy have been friends with and would have happily accepted that yeah. friendship? It would have been Christopher Hitchens. 
Peter Hitchens, though, he has no friends. He don't need no friends. He walk alone, motherfuckers. <laughs> what was so awesome? <laughs> he walks I walk alone. alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was awesome about it is that Oz, even this year, Oz is, has several ticks about him, mm-hmm. has several uh, behavioural patterns, yeah. one of which is being super fucking stoked about being the most moral journalist. Oh yeah, he's 100% the most moral this, journalist. This year, uh, Mark Stefano was talking about um, people being encouraged to dig up dirt on the Supreme Court judges who mm-hmm. ended proroguing and mm-hmm. investigated Remainers and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and how they, you know, they don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, they don't, you don't have to do this. It's it's immoral to do it. And Oz said, you're getting a lot of pushback over this, but frankly, I have to say I agree. And in that position, would refuse, even if it cost me my job. Probably part of the reason I'm not a more successful journalist. People don't choose journalism as a profession to sleep at night. That's one of the first things we say goodbye. How many immigrants have we hidden in this car? <laughs> he seems really uptight. I think he needs to let his plastic hair extensions down and have a dance in Slimelight. <laughs> the thing is, look... It takes a lot for someone to put down their dreams of being a DJ and <laughs> become a journalist <laughs> and a firm love of the truth. He ain't the truth, truth, fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and he went to work in the mail online <laughs> and then got fucked by Pete because he got into a fight with Pete Hitchens. How do you get into a fight with Pete Hitchens? He's so absurd that you just, surely when Pete Hitchens is shouting, you just smile and nod. <laughs> What are you screaming about the clocks? <laughs> you know what he got fired? I just looked at this again. Do you know what he got fired for? What? Literally for being too online. <laughs> he started smearing Clark Micah as an Assad apologist last weekend over a dozen times using his work computer. He gave a wee speech about integrity as he was escorted from the building. <laughs> good job, Oz. Oh, awesome. Fight the good fight. Uh, next we have the government talking about reviewing their Channel 4 licence and the changing their relationship with the media. So this is like a post-election <laughs> thing. After months and months of us talking, like left, lefties talking about, you know, Jesus Christ, this bias is getting incredibly bad. Yeah. Uh, Corbyn is coming under such like strain with all of the... the all of the kind of smears and the, yeah. the just constant pressure that was, that was put on him by, by the, the media. The Corbyn-biased media. Yeah. Um, and all the comparatively easy rides that Boris was getting, mm. which I didn't see coming. I thought he would get a tougher ride than he did, and he was really? very much... Yeah, I 100% did, because mm. he's a he's a character. You don't do it on someone serious like Theresa May. You do it on someone like Boris. I don't know, they were pretty... Supposedly, according they were, to the theory, I guess. They were playing their hand before Corbyn... Yeah. Sorry, before uh, Boris got into, uh, into yeah. office, so... But to have that, and all of the rearguard defensiveness that's been going on with the media as regards like uh jeremy corbyn as leader yeah um to then have it turn round and he starts putting out the word that they're boycotting radio force today program it's full of communists moving lobby journalists into um a different room away from uh downing street because they're all communists and talking about reviewing channel four's license because it's full of communists is yeah. it's perfect I you would... did all of that. You fucking destroyed your own. I mean, if you talk about the liberal media, yeah. like part of the reason why the BBC hasn't gotten like uh, done so far is because not only do they always lay down, but there used to be a certain amount of yeah. like support for them yeah. within the culture industry and the media in general. And you cut a huge amount of that goodwill off, mm. and it didn't get you anything. No. It got exactly the opposite. 
that it's pretty funny. so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, next we have... We may have already mentioned this. Uh, Boris hiding in a fridge. <laughs> During a pre-dawn visit to Modern Milkman, a business in the Tory-held constituency of Pudsey in Yorkshire, uh, a journalist uh, f- approached Johnson. Johnson's aide can be seen mouthing, oh, for fuck's sake, in response. <laughs> Uh, the journalist then said, I've just had a reaction from one of the minders. Okay, no need to push. Thank you very much. Can we just mention that this quote-unquote journalist was sent by Piers Morgan from Good Morning Britain? Yeah, this was being recorded live. Sorry, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It was being recorded like live yeah. to try and get... Boris Johnson hiding from Piers Morgan. Yeah. He's just going to be licking his ass anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, Piers Morgan's tough. He's a tough guy. <laughs> the, the... He's a tough guy. He'll, he'll like come down hard on yeah I don't know what it's like he does writing on the on the Lodley Express with Trump <laughs> <laughs> the journalist pressed the Prime Minister stating he was live on the show Johnson replied I'll be with you in a second he then walked into a fridge stacked with milk bottles with his aides <laughs> and shut the door <laughs> and didn't come out yeah that's pretty good <laughs> did Theresa May do something similar to that in 2017 she She no she engineered the hiding so she went to like she didn't have to to, like do it live and just run away she went to really um, small constituency offices where you just couldn't get to without like a car Mm -hmm. um, like a long car journey and things like that and then held major policy announcements in front of like 30 local conservatives yeah you know very few press there Mm -hmm. it's it's a slightly different order of things, but it's like, yeah, you did what you said, Rob, about, yeah, people did did vote for that. I think we have to maybe readjust our... We have to readjust... Stupidest, stupidest thing that happened this year. <laughs> well, we have to readjust our focus on how much spectacle matters. Oh. Um, seriously, that's one of the main things I've been maybe thinking about. Maybe we should about. elect like, as a Labour leader someone who'd repeatedly be featured on, like, um, on You've Been Framed, who, like, falls over a lot. Like, a lot of pratfalls. Yeah. Maybe that worked. Did the, he had a car that ran over a journalist's foot, right? That was something. On purpose. On purpose. What, Wait, they said it was an accident oh, no, Corbyn, at the time. Corbyn but actually, that. it's now 100% justified. Yeah. Yeah, um, all of them. Uh, let's see. He spoke Spanish. That was something they had to go at him for. That was considered a pratfall mm-hmm. for some reason. Boris speaking ancient Greek, of course. No. no badly. Badly, Spoken apparently. very badly. Um, Lily was fucking livid with that. Really? Well, because she, you know, she finished she classics. classics didn't yeah, she? she like, and she was like, "This isn't right." <laughs> um, I think the best description of that him speaking Greek was um, like C three PO speaking to the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, he doesn't have a proper appreciation for Ewok culture. <laughs> Get my gates on the. Um, okay, yeah. Finally, we have the new the new centre party. This was something I completely forgotten about, but it was incredibly funny. Uh, a new centre party called the New Party mm-hmm. uh, was <laughs> was set up on Twitter. We believe mm-hmm. in fair and open politics. We believe yep. in listening. We believe in doing the right thing. We believe we are stronger together. We believe in the EU. We believe in the NHS. We believe in politicians serving the people and not vice versa. Join us. And then underneath. Some negative feedback tonight, and to be honest, we can see it. Not great. We have work to do. Genuine thanks for pointing it out. No intention to have any affiliation with the 1930s fascist party. <laughs> and the logo is unfortunate. We're going back to the drawing board. Thank you. What's the logo? A big swastika. If I can describe it, it looked like a swastika made up of 
uh, exclamation mark, multicolored ex- um, comma, commas. Okay. Oh. It, it flowed around. And it's like, yeah, it could... It doesn't really look like a swastika, but combined with the fact that they were calling it the new party... Yeah, it sounds it a bit was, fucked up. Mwah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, the, the conjunction of the two. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, what, do you, what, what made you laugh? Okay, I think... I've got three down. Okay. I think I can narrow it down to two. Gapes. Okay. And the whole Michael Crick thing. Oh, yeah, that was really good. And the dog channels. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. But I think it might be the gate thing. That was just... Louise Mensch has never not been funny. Her takes are so just absolutely riddled with brain worms. Yeah. But... but... Crick, I don't know if he was th- thought he was doing Gapes a favor or thought that he was just being impartial, but it's just like never have, has anybody looked so completely goofy. That was, yeah, that was, like he had a weird one because like then with the Tories, he caught a, a, a Tory MP setting up a fake. Oh shit, yeah, that, actually thing, that could go on there. Which was pretty funny yeah, as well. Yeah. But no, the, um, no, the whole Richard Miller. Yeah. I think Richard Miller. I, I would go for the Jolion Morgan thing simply oh, because of the headlines. The death. I do love. He beat a fox to death. He was a hero to kimono. so many, and then he beat a fox to death in his in drag. Kimono. <laughs> Look, yeah. this is a problem in the cancel culture we live in. Do <laughs> you make one slip up? Just there was, one slip up. Was there any suggestion that he be cancelled? No, not was at all. Was the RSP? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. He should go to prison. Yeah, I mean, it's not right. Well, it's it's not right what he did pile. at all, but it was just... And he announced it. He was so proud. Yeah, he was fine so with He it. was very happy about that. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. Pretty good. Oh. I mean, like, being being a Waltham Stillboy, I'm a little bit biased, but I do have a soft spot for Estella trying to be a uh, caddy with John McDonald, but just completely getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then oh. Boris sending his dad. Oh, it's, oh so many good moments this it's year. Impossible. What? No, I think I think um, for me the thing that made me belly laugh the hardest was Richard Miller. Oz Caterji writing for the Mail though. <laughs> I hate Oz Caterji writing actually, racist no, clickbait no, you're right, for the actually. Mail. Oz Caterji, principled anti-racist. Oz Caterji. Oz Caterji, who is like a supposed anti-fascist. He's a good boy. He's like proper left, unlike us, shitty Assad-loving left. Compromising is... and yet cynical and yet fanatical left yeah not him the sensible uncompromising principled principled everything that he has set his grifty mind to everything he has pushed out there the reason why everybody hates him so much and he's such a dickhead his online personality completely undone in one just one action well, is it undone? He's got his podcast now. Yeah, you know. Oh much, no, it's we live in Griffin much, times. It much like matter. how Karl Marx wrote a book called Capital about his love of capitalism, uh, Oz has a podcast <laughs> called Corbinism about his love of Corbinism. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think Oz wins it. It's ridiculous. Also, because he's been thrown out of so many places. Everywhere he goes, he just gets asked to leave yeah. <laughs> by security. Oh, it's so hard. Oz or Miller. My Oz. vote, my vote's for Oz, but I won't be mad if anything wins. <sighs> That's tough. You're putting me in a delicate position because those are my my top two as well. We can't have two joint winners. <laughs> okay. Oz wins it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Gates. <laughs> no, Gates wins it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Gates wins it because he did the fucking milk speech. 
He did it. He did it twice. Oh yeah. shit! I forgot about that. No, all right. Yeah. Oh shit! He did an acoustic gapes milk speech. He literally he, did the speech. He, didn't he fuck. And he he afterwards he followed up the commentary that people love it. He genuinely believes that yeah. it went viral because it was good. Yeah. Yeah, Gapes wins it. Yeah, Gapes has to win that. That's yeah. too far. Sorry, Oz. <laughs> it's another thing that you don't win. <laughs> Hang on, is Mike Gapes next year? Two Oz. categories. We need to be careful here because we're going to tread on some toes. <laughs> okay, our next award is the Quiet Part Loud Award for the biggest reveal of what you actually think, either by mistake or implication or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, a lot of people telling on themselves this year. Mm. Uh, we start with our good friend, Oscar Adji. Uh He didn't like the French Gilets Jaunes movement. You remember that? Yeah. Well, no, I don't I didn't know the Gilets Jaunes movement. Pronounce it properly. He, Gilets Jaunes? Gilets. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Saxon, mate. Yeah, did I lose a war? Quite in the early part of the year... Tweeted out a lot about like the ugly, illiberal heart of the yellow vest movement. Okay. And talking about how it doesn't compare to the Syrian pros- protests. <laughs> and like oh. the man who constantly has to defend himself from standing for Al Nusra yeah. in Syria. Which if you're if you're Having viewing it, as a racist, if though. you're viewing it in good faith is like, oh no, you just accidentally started advocating for Al Qaeda affiliates <laughs> in Syria. Yeah. As opposed to and then like for him to come and say, Oh no, but when it's in France, you shouldn't bomb them. Yeah. Alison Pearson in The Telegraph. Shamima Begum may have been born here, but she was never British. It's a huge problem that we have thousands of females live in Britain who aren't uh, are allowed no meaningful contact with wider society. Females. So build bonds of attachment <laughs> and loyalty. They don't feel British. Interesting. The only ones who don't feel British are the ones who you say are shut up inside. Mm-hmm. Only Muslim ones. If you choose not to feel British... What does that do? Oh no, no sanctions. No sanctions against those people. It fucking sucks. Um, Julia Hartley Brewer. Just approaching the border between France and Switzerland, and now I'm in Switzerland. I reckon that took all of 20 seconds. And yes, I know Switzerland is in Schengen. But we aren't now, and won't be after Brexit. So why does anything have to change if the British and EU leaders are sensible? It's like... You constantly rail against fucking open borders. Yeah. You th- you genuinely think there is an immigration problem. Mm-hmm. This means nothing to you, does it? No. It means absolutely nothing other than you going on holiday. Mm-hmm. I oh fuck sake. There's a song in our Brexit songs that is literally the in- the entirety of the song is saying the quiet part loud. <laughs> Actually, there's quite a few Brexit songs that are like that in general. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, this is a weird one. Dan Hodges. He tried to gotcha Stella Creasy into anti-Semitism. So there was a video of some speech That's a mistake. that she made. Uh, and she was saying that uh, uh, the Labour Party selecting Holocaust deniers, which was an allegation at the time. Um, I don't know how true it was. Um, Who? She said it was sad. She saw, she saw it, looked yeah. on it and saw it as sad. Dan Hodges then tried to pick her up on this by saying... Um, uh, my view is that a mainstream British party selecting Holocaust deniers as candidates is not sad, but an existential threat to the Jewish community. And we need to say so, clearly. Stella responded by saying, OK, now you're being shitty, because that's you saying I was sad at the, uh, the selection, not sad to say, and using it as an example of the problem faced. 
Hodges replied, you keep tweeting that Stella, I'm sorry, but that is factually inaccurate. You do not need to say, you do not say sad to say, you say sad to see. That is literally what the clips show. Um, Jimmy Wales stepped in to, to, to founder of Wikipedia, <laughs> stepped in to say, uh, if we could resolve this constructively, Dan wishes Stella had said something stronger. Stella quite clearly, as we all know, feels and thinks something stronger. She's sad and outraged, right? So what's the gotcha? Dan Hodges says, the gotcha is that people who feel the way Stella feels about anti-Semitism no longer articulate that feeling. And the fact that they don't is an example to the extent to which uh, anti-Semitism within Labour is successfully being normalised. To be fair... Jimmy, Jimmy Wales then piped in, okay, I'll print it, but please, sir, may I have a donation to keep Wikipedia <laughs> up and running? What I find, what I find really... Yeah. like when, when I say most revealing, it's that Dan Hodges, as I said before, is an afterimage of every Twitter yeah. outrage. He comes late and he goes in yeah. too hard after it's all calmed down. Definitely. Right? And so with accusations of anti-Semitism, as I say, in this particular case, I don't know, I don't know the details. I, I didn't, didn't look them up. Yeah. But... He tries to go in as hard as everybody did, just using the word anti-Semitism without going into detail about specifics, mm-hmm. about proper process, about uh, uncovering the truth of these things. Yeah. And so he aped the manner in which anti-Semitism has been weaponized. Yeah. And he used it against De La Crisi, yeah. which is fucking hilarious and incredibly revealing about the way that a lot of centrist commentators have used anti-Semitism as another way yeah. in which to demoralise and beat up the Labour Party, basically. Mm. Mm. With no comeback. It's just, I found it very revealing. I think, I think Stella's partner was, he was like a prominent figure in Labour Friends of Israel, I think. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty certain he was. Yeah. So, you know, again, like, stupid to accuse her. Yeah, it's just, it's it's silly because obviously he hadn't got the memo that she was on our side. Mm. Yeah. You know, in the anti-Corbyn sense. Yeah. Because, you know, she's stayed quiet and whatever. But, well, quiet and a bit sly about it. Um, next we have Laura Kunzberg. When, party, when pointing at uh, Tory party institutional Islamophobia, she said, this is on a different scale, but the Tories also have a problem here. As in, Tory Islamophobia is on a different political scale to Labour's anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. It's different. It doesn't matter as much. No. Revealing. Mm. It's this thing, uh, Laura Koonsberg has had a lot this year. I think Laura Koonsberg, when the uh, the gentleman with the child in intensive care was grilling Boris on how um, he's doing a photo op while uh, hospitals are struggling, and uh, Laura Koonsberg saying, he's a labor activist, look, this is him. Yeah, yeah. Him. Find him on social media, hound him. Yeah, it's like, it's just enough to be plausibly deniable. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, she's, again, not that good at balancing that. She, no. she, she doesn't know how to do it. But it's just like, it's on a different political scale, and then, oh, no, no follow-up. No mm. explanation on how it's different, what makes it different. Nothing. Mm. Um, this is the last anti-Semitism one, I promise. It all came out at the same time. Um, Luke Akehurst, mm-hmm. the, only way to end, the only way to end this, uh, in brackets, AS, is to politically defeat people whose bad politics leads them to have bad allies and take bad decisions and whose bad ideology opens the door to anti-Semitism ideas by demonising Israel and its Jewish supporters. So it is about Israel then. Yeah. That's, you're specifically saying yeah. that. You're, Anti- you're equating the Zionism with, with Judaism. It, you're literally saying, look, 
it shouldn't be about Israel. Jewish people should not be forced into any particular position on Israel as a de facto part of their Jewishness. Yes. That's agreed that that's anti-Semitism. And Luke Acast, good, principled friend of the Jewish people, just out here dropping more people <laughs> in it by explicitly linking it to political ideologies. Yeah. It's terrible. It sucks. But so fucking revealing about how so many of these people uh, approach this, this issue. Um, next, we have uh, People's Vote. The People's Vote campaign come out against the common vo- Commons vote on a People's Vote. <laughs> to quote, we do not think today is the right time. <laughs> you don't want a People's Vote. You don't give a shit. They really did not. That was particularly good with... That was like... Before it all came out that that's all their backer wanted was to like fuck over destroy Corbyn. Mm, yeah. Mm. Next we have Extinction Rebellion, mm-hmm. namely the setting up of the Extinction Rebellion police and landlords <laughs> Facebook accounts, which I thought had to be fake. Yeah. But I don't think they were. No. Certainly the police one wasn't. No. They love the police, even when the police put yeah. them on that list. That, love list, our that list of all the um, you know, the symbols and stuff, the yeah. like a, like terrorism adjacent. There was like there was a couple of ones on that thing that came. Was it a couple of days ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and there was like one of the ones that was like pretty much like what the fuck was just Sao Paulo supporters. Yeah, Sao Paulo supporters. Greenpeace was on Greenpeace. There. To be fair, Sao Paulo supporters. Most Sao Paulo, but most people I know with like Sao Paulo merchandise. Mm. They don't care about the sport, to be fair. <laughs> um, but the one that was really shocking was, yeah, Greenpeace was on there, but the Sea Shepherds weren't? They were on a different one. Oh, were they? They were on... Uh, oh, they were there on... was one environmental and one something else. They were on there, though. Uh, what, Sea Shepherds weren't on the environmental one? No, they weren't on the group logo. They were on, like, watch groups, I guess. Okay. This was, uh, com- this was advice like, sent out to teachers and public. explicitly formed out of Greenpeace because Greenpeace were a bunch of... Um, Libs. Corporate cowards. Pieces of shit. (laughs) Yeah, they even said, like, Extinction Rebellion even said, like, most police are reasonable people. Some are idiots, Uh no different to the rest of society. We hope the police will soon join with the rebellion, either passively or actively, in a move that would force the government to the negotiate. Most most prison guards are black and they'll allow you to to do (laughs) yoga and read books and and they don't want to hurt you, so just say, you know, it's it's cool, treat it like a yoga retreat. Every political movement has always had every political movement that has won has always won the backing of the police. At best, that's good. At best, Extinction Rebellion are a group with some seriously faulty theory based on very different like circumstances around different riots and uprisings. I think we all know that not. At worst, <laughs> they're run by a sex pest. They're probably cops. Like there's a, there's a significant element of cop to derail climate change protests. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. They've got well, the thing is because of their fucking giving your name shit. They've just got a, they've got such a nice database now. Yeah. My my last uh, my last boss at my old job, he is uh, big into Extinction Rebellion now. Like, his son got arrested by um, cop under undercover cops who infiltrated a a, a um, environmentalist movement in France. And it's like, oh God, yeah. oh buddy, yeah. you really you should know. Like, oh, it's so okay. Oh, it's so weird though. Like, Extinction Rebellion are stupid. Yeah, like and that's like the most positive thing I could say about them is they're stupid. With the faulty theory thing, yeah, I think that's yeah, the like, best you can say about them. I've been to a number of protests and I've been kettled and I've had like the like you don't have to give me a name. Yeah, you don't like, have to give me a name and shake the hand. And how say have that you, you love them? The how? people on the ground floor 
are probably new to protesting and are a bit gullible. Oh, yeah. And then, exactly. the, and then the people at the yeah. top, ooh. Definitely. Yeah. Ooh, I don't want to know what's they going on with them. It seems... Fully, either they should, they should know better or they are just coppers. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Hannah Jane Parkinson, a journalist, who said, let's join the Tories and sabotage, sabotage them like they sabotage Britain. Maybe if we hold our noses tight, we can help choose the next Conservative leader. Revealing passage... Not that there's much choice. Why would you be bothered about choice if you were just joining them to sabotage them? Oh. She seemed to like be like, yeah, let's, everybody, join the Tories. Let's really fuck them up. Oh, I don't know who to choose. Oh, I'm going to have to vote leader. for David Davis. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Scanning for threats. <laughs> that's like, because um, that's like, there was, because of, you know, Labour leadership, and there's all the people... Not joining the party, but joining affiliate groups. Yeah. And then acting all pissy that they have to pay money to choose who's leader of the Labour Party. Like, they should just be allowed. It's like, don't you understand? I eat olives. (laughs) (laughs) This should just be a given that I get to decide. I'm trying to save the party. Yeah. I'm trying to save the party that I've never voted for. Yeah. And I just think that Keir Starmer is the best haircut for the job. (laughs) Next, we have James Bloodworth. Bloodthirst. Oh yeah. A state of affairs where zero hours contracts can exist is hugely preferable to one where the state has power to arbitrarily seize the private wealth of one of its citizens. And I hate zero hours contracts. <laughs> that voice is perfect for it. Yeah. Um, Are you fucking yeah. telling on yourself? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He'll he'll be in one of the later prizes um, because oh, shit. yeah, he is one of the he is one of the most anti-communist people I've ever seen while still maintaining the idea that he's on the left mm-hmm. it's hey look he talked yeah. to Bernie Sanders once right. <laughs> he did a he did a whole book on Amazon he did a whole book on Amazon mm-hmm. he did a whole book on um, workers rights and in the modern re- age and his response to that his response to his work experience bit at Amazon yeah. where he worked there but he still carried on having the money and the the, the safety that you, you would have knowing he can journalist. always leave yeah but he did that, and then he was like, "Do you know what? Do you know what? This this is pretty shitty." But what would be worse is if Jeff Bezos lose, lost some money. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet part loud. Next, we have Gavin Williamson. Uh, when he was defence secretary earlier in the year, he had an interviewer that he tried to hassle to um, sign up for the reserves. He goes, "Have you ever thought about yeah. signing up for the reserves?" Hassled him by saying, "Menacing when him he was with Chronos bonded. in his hand." <laughs> <laughs> Touch my spider. <laughs> Touch my spider. I don't want to touch your spider, Gavin. Look, you touch my spider when you join the army. <laughs> I'll, I'll touch the spider. I'll touch the spider, Gavin. Don't touch tarantulas. You know they don't like that. Join the army. Um, when he responded in the negative, he said, oh, it's always somebody else's responsibility. The interviewer then did the obvious thing of firing the question back at him, and he said, I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. Oh. Um, Gavin Williamson has a good Instagram. Does he? Yeah, he has lots of animals, because he's really into animals. Well, yeah, what, he can use them for war. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't know how you could use tarantulas for he, war. He was the one who had the idea for, like, tractor tanks and shit like that, he wasn't did. it? But he didn't say tarantulas. <laughs> well, tarantula, tarantula tank, he's just going to try to build that big thing from Wild Wild West. <laughs> I could see to him, replace Trident. I could see him pitching that. <laughs> Next we have Saj Javid in a close up close and personal interview once after he became Home Secretary uh, Foreign Secretary what is he? He's Chancellor <laughs> after he became Chancellor yeah 
Uh, so, I like a cigarette, I punched bullies first, and I love a cheeky Nando's. Sajid Javid has told how he But I don't smoke bullies. the reefer. <laughs> he has told uh, how he would punch bullies first if they racially abused him as a child. How he enjoys the occasional uh. cigarette as well as a meal at the Nando's chain. He also pledged to slash stamp duty on the most expensive homes <laughs> to free up the market and help young, young families move. <laughs> it's like... Ah, he has such a mastery of the language, such a mastery of of the political art. You lure them in with a cheeky Nando's, then you slap their stamp duty. (laughs) Like a ninja. Um, We have Brendan O'Neill. This kind of echoes something we said earlier. Uh, You cannot seriously compare anti-Semitism Islamophobia. Anti-Semitism is the oldest hatred and has killed millions of people. It is literally the oldest hatred. No other hatred is older than (laughs) anti-Semitism. Islamophobia is a recently invented term that is mainly designed to shut down critical discussion about Islam. Perfect. There's not too many Brendan O'Neill things in because this would be easy. I don't want to make this too easy for us. Yeah, his whole thing is trading on being a contrarian... Yeah. yeah, it it really contrary and racist. It's hard to say if he deserves anything because he just doesn't. I don't think he believes anything. Mm. Um, he does a really good job. Oh, let's get discussing Brendan O'Neill. He does a really good job at maintaining plausible deniability that he is something. He is somewhere on the left because he, he yeah one hundred percent anti-war, <laughs> anti-intervention consistently. But the worst possible take on anti-intervention yeah. of like, yeah, let's not invade Syria, but let's parachute Christian missionaries yeah. onto that undiscovered <laughs> island yeah. that killed that Christian dude who tried to sell them Bibles. Um, <laughs> next we have... Oh, James Ball, this is a good one. Imagine James Ball, everything we've told you about him, everything we know about him. And he says... Twitter seems to encourage a vacuousness kind of fake knowingness and cynicism, which I don't actually think inoculates us from bad information and is, if anything, worse than straightforward credulity. (laughs) He's so good. This was the same James Ball that said in July 2018, it's the day the day Theresa May decides fuck it and goes the full Hugh Grant on Trump. Next, we have Ian Duncan Smith uh, putting out a tweet saying, removing barriers for older people to work longer has the potential to improve health and well-being, increase retire- retirement savings, and ensure the full functioning of public services for all. Uh, CSJ report argues for more support for older workers, yada, yada, yada. Provided this support is in place, the report proposes an increase in the state pension age to 74 by 2035. Boom! That was across two tweets. It was just like, oh, we, we are really seriously engaging with all this. We are going to do such good things. By the way, you're retiring at 75. <laughs> uh, 74, sorry. To be fair, that's, that's, a, that's a nice estimate. Yeah. Well, it's going to, yeah, it's, it's state pension age. So it's, yeah, 74 by 2035. I reckon it'll come sooner than that. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, next we have a spot on BBC Radio 4 should politicians be called out on air as liars if they say things that aren't true no. now the implication there is have you not been doing that Yeah. have you not been doing that up till now yeah. are you seriously coming here like the most prominent let's say radio news programme probably not the well, most that was, popular um, Emma Barnett yeah I yeah. think so um, but you know she's not going to call out people as liars why would she do that you know <clears throat> That's, it's just like shaking your head. Go, are you not? Is this is this new to you? Have you not done this before? <laughs> well, she's not going to call out people who used to go to her dad's brothel. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, next, we have David Aranovich. 
a Palestinian flag at an anti-Brexit demo, Remainers are about to discover the dubious benefits of having the Corbynites finally on their side. Again, David Aranovich, you made a lot of stuff yeah. about the fact that you were raised in a communist family, in a left-wing family. You know that Palestinian flags are like everywhere at most protests and most rallies. Yep. S- stop fucking... Like, stop it. Just yeah. stop it. Um, Charlotte Gill... The private school thing is good in a way. This was about Labour abolishing uh, private schools. Yeah. The private school thing is good in a way as it reveals the hard left mindset. That is, oh look, some things are worse than others, so let's make everything worse. If you scrapped private schools, it wouldn't make as much difference as the left thinks. That's because educational performance has a high genetic performance, meaning that it can only be <laughs> en- socially engineered so much. Private schools facilitate genetic potential better than state. That's all. She's not telling on herself, though. That's her whole brand. Yeah, it is yeah. true. It's just the way that she was like <laughs> rolling down and then genetics. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Like, how many people have you met who went to a private school? Did you uh, genuinely think were like, not just a little bit smarter than you, but like genuinely but le- like almost another species? Yeah. I've known a few, and um, they were all rich. <laughs> I can say that much. <laughs> better at playing polo. <laughs> Probably so. I'll give them that. Yeah. But no, I've literally, like, and I've, the better my wife's career goes, the more I meet. And I still haven't met one that has made me feel like I've missed out on much. <laughs> That's all I'll say. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Next, we have Stella Creasy when she was talking to a Jewish Lives Matter event at the Labour Party conference. Okay. She described the Shabbat service she went to this week as her first. She said, I finally knew what it was to be present but not involved. Have you, Stella, only ever been to think things that you thought you were just involved in hmm. and not just present have you never felt that feeling before <laughs> shed seven gigs <laughs> are you i mean i i know most of our listeners probably and certainly us like yeah no i'm constantly i'm barely involved in anything but i'm always present <laughs> yeah are you seriously saying you've never felt you've never felt that you were at an event you weren't person that wasn't personally for you and involved you there's the old adage that uh, turning up is 90 percent Oh, Stella. Uh, Next, Jim Morrison. This was an article in the Guardian. Yeah, Jim Morrison. uh, From the Doors? Johnny Nitro. Yeah. Um, What was it? Johnny Mundo in uh, Lucha Underground. Was he in AEW? He. Was he in AEW? Probably in AEW. No, he's signed for WWE. He he just had his first match back, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I saw he's good when an attractive man who takes a lot of steroids gets a break. <laughs> yeah. He took the ab steroids as well. Man has about 45 abs. He does. He looks ridiculous. Um, no, this is... That's Jim an economy Mor- pack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jim Morrison, founder of OneSub, a website claiming to help you manage your news bias. Ooh. It gives a site that gives you three stories, one critical, one supportive, and one neutral, <laughs> on every story, after which you get a message that says... You have read three different viewpoints of the same story and have a balanced perspective. Good job. Uh, (laughs) Good job. You're smart centrist, won't you, Dad? (laughs) Talking to Jim Morrison, the founder of this site, he said one of his central fears about modern Britain is that they've managed to privatise the health service and education without even discussing it. Mm -hmm. 
But he voted Tory at the last election, partly because he thinks Jeremy Corbyn is quite an extreme left winger. If the election system was fairer, he says he was favour the Lib Dems. But he also voted Leave in the 2016 referendum. Awesome. That's pretty great. <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe, maybe this will work out, because this is kind of what Peter Dow was trying with Verrett, and yeah. uh, he went from being a, a big-time Hillary boy to, like, a, a leftist Bernie supporter. Yeah, but, uh, he's a Bernie boy now. He is. He he's, is. he's good now. He's, like, I never thought. Good. I never thought Peter yeah. Dow would be good. Isn't he a murderer? Uh, uh, he was he was involved with the Sabra and Shatila massacre allegedly yes okay but he was also a techni- techno DJ a yeah. father he a made baker, he, he made he, he made a uh, horny dance music with his sister a bitch a mother a child a lover are all DJs like really bad at their politics <sighs> I don't know too much DJ too much about DJs to be honest I imagine Diplo's probably bad I know a lot of Slimelight DJs who liked a lot of uh Fash imagery, so uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's leave it at that. <laughs> it's just like metal, emotional air to German romanticism. Techno DJs, air to craftwork, fash. <laughs> no fashion metal. Yeah, no. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, like, I you would oh, expect never. it way more. You expect yeah, you it in metal, but it's Definitely. like ah, oh, techno. <laughs> yeah, it is. A bit, it is a bit weird with, with techno. Uh, yeah. Next, we have Beatrice Bass. She was a Lib Dem candidate and was a bass player for the wedding present. She's now a solicitor. (laughs) Uh, She tweeted, Hang on, this extension of the Brexit deadline until January better not ruin my ski season. (laughs) Don't even talk to me until I've hit the slopes. (laughs) Uh, Somebody said, How can you afford a ski season under austerity? Uh, or, you know, how can most mm. people afford a ski season under austerity? She said, by going home over Christmas break. I am from Davos. <laughs> <laughs> Flights to Zurich with a budget airline for 60 to 80 pounds return. If you want to escape austerity, you could work a ski season there for at least 42,000 francs minimum wage a month. <laughs> Great. Standing f- as an MEP, I mm-hmm. think. Or maybe even an MP. I think she was standing as an MEP. Yeah. Uh, next we have Joe Swinson. Oh, just everything. Would you ever use nuclear weapons? Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's why Corbyn's a pussy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about if they... Yes. <laughs> and then just apropos of nothing, just saying like it was right to drop the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <laughs> yeah. I'd nuke you right now if I could. I would have dropped right more. Right where you stand. I would have dropped way more. You ever seen Threads? Yeah, I got married to Threads. <laughs> <laughs> See those monkeys that sit in the hot springs in Japan? I would have nuked them. <laughs> That's me. Sitting in a bath of nuclear fire. <laughs> yeah, that was that, actually, yeah, that was pretty horrible. That's like mm. maybe quickest reveal, most, but mm. like it, I mean, maybe it not. It's not like maybe it's not the furthest reveal, but it's certainly the most reveal. To be fair, it's just like also well, like, with that. I, like, I don't even think that that's actually what she thinks. She's just copying. She's yeah. just pretending. She's she doing saw what, what she happened last time. Yeah. She's and doing said, what she oh, th- I'm not falling into that trap. I'm yeah, she's doing what she thinks that they want, which is. Oh, would you would you press the button? I'd love to press the button. Yeah. It's like automatically, I am now the strongest on national defense. Is <laughs> that that because thing? Because I would nuke anybody. It's that thing of like, oh no, I'm not actually going to drop a nuclear weapon, yeah. but this is how much I fucking want this. Yeah. And you have to indicate French that. French rail strikes affected Eurostar. Fucking nuke Paris. <laughs> no striking workers then. Nuke the tunnel. Yeah. Try straight through. <laughs> um, no slow stopping at Leon for me. Everyone's <laughs> dead. Next one, another James Ball one. Capital letters. Take everyone will hate. 
Given what we know about anonymous... Yeah. Thank you, James Bond. You could just put that in front of everything. Given yeah. what we know about anonymous document dumps on the internet, it should be the absolute bare minimum that campaigns don't make use of them. That said, there's still a difference between that and knowing collusion with malign actors. So it's okay for us to hack Russian materials in an election so long as it's true. Interesting take. Motherfucker, you work for, for WikiLeaks. You started your oh! career at WikiLeaks. You propose yourself to be an investigative journalist. If you can't use documents that are true, there was never any question no. that the leaked NHS documents that Jeremy Corbyn used during no. the election were fake in any way. They were real. It's just the implication, also not ascertained, that they were leaked by a Russian hacking group. They were in Cyrillic, to be fair. Uh, they were on Reddit. Right, you know, whatever. In Cyrillic. Oh, they were in Cyrillic. Yeah, fine. Whatever. I don't think they were in Cyrillic. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> no. They were real. Yeah, but no, no motherfucker worked for WikiLeaks. What the fuck? And I also, yeah, they're, they're true. What are you... What do you think you're doing? Are you just repeating government press releases? It seems like he's competing. Like, you know how that grifty attitude that a lot yeah. of them take, that they've got kind of jobs, but they want better. They want more yeah. for themselves. They want a, a Guardian byline or a Time byline, something like that, yeah. right? His whole thing is that he's got, he's annoyed that everyone else gets the press releases that he doesn't. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, he's infuriating. Gross. He's real, real character. He yeah. He said, "I will try once more slowly, once and more slowly." It is still bad to use documents hacked by adversary nations, even if they're true. Adversary. P.S. <laughs> Free Julian Assange. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. What a fucking all of his grandstanding, all of his hot dogging. Yeah. Uh. And he just comes out with that. Like it's nothing. Like it means nothing. And yeah. really he is nothing. We shouldn't be getting so hit up about some rando on the internet. All right? oh, he's really annoying but though. As a, as a, a like it's a, the confidence. A weather vane yeah. of where that, that tendency goes. That investigative journalism. And he occupies so much space in people's brains. Yeah. The, the, the double whammy of confidence and idiocy. Really. Yeah. That's what really gets me about him. Uh, yeah. Next we have someone called Beardy face responding to DSG, who's another person on Twitter who I again no one else will know, but oh god, that, that guy, that guy, yeah, who I think used to be a Corbynite or a left winger, and then spends all time all all the time on Twitter just like baiting the left. Okay. Um. Somebody said, frankly, we haven't actually seen austerity. If you want to hear about it, talk to someone in their seventies or eighties, or someone <laughs> from Greece. What we've actually had is living within a slightly limited budget. And DSG, this which I think is short for the Deterritorial Support Group, which was that oh, like he's, UK he's, Uncut 2010 like yeah. s- style thing. They um, were a group who did culture jamming shit. Yeah, yeah. Like it that, seems right? to be just him, and he's like set himself up like a LinkedIn profile ev- as a company, but it's just him. Oh, oh, is it just one person from that old group? Or I don't know. I don't know if there's any link between that group, but he has that Twitter handle, and so that's the link that I made in my own head. Yeah. Um, it might be completely wrong. Uh, he says, anyway, we had austerity partially. Police definitely took big cuts, for example. You would know. Ooh. But it's very odd kind of austerity when nobody's income tax went up and NHS funding increased every year. For, oh, fuck off. Did it? Did it really? Yep. They might have done. It's all going to private thing. It's all going to um, uh, PFI contracts and mm-hmm. servicing the NHS in the way that they want it, which yeah. is the way it's going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, nobody's income tax went up. You fucking rat. Yeah. And only complaining about cop budgets, saying, mm-hmm. don't complain about, you know, the fact that you can't afford food and that people are piling up around food banks. But the police, though. Yeah. Out yourself as a cop. Dickhead. John McTurnan, 
somebody published an article on how Corbynism was a very good defense of liberalism itself, like cap- uh, proper liberalism, like liberal principles. I think I, I've said that. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's the who was the best option. Who was the best uh, hope for liberal capitalism? To be fair. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, poli- liberal political principles yeah. was what this this article yeah. was about, right? Um, John McTiernan just pipes in. What about the lack of regard for property rights? Mm. Quiet part loud. <laughs> Quiet part loud. <laughs> I find it hard. Like, John McTurnan, he got a lot of stick recently because he was, like, saying nice things about the left. Because, mm. like, how else... Because he, he, I think he... He joined Momentum. I think he's... I think he... Like, I don't want to be nice about John McTurnan because he's a piece of shit and he's incompetent. But I think his heart is in the right place. I just think his brain is broken. I don't know enough to judge him. All I know that is that he was that or the one of that generation... Mm that went into the left. And I couldn't work out whether it was a trolling thing and then I stopped paying attention. Yeah. I couldn't work out whether he was trolling, whether he was infiltrating or whatever that I think means. he was listening and just decided that we're all speaking bollocks. Oh, uh, okay. Is but at still, least he listens. Still, is he still on the left? Ish. He listens. He listens. But okay. he he's less aggro. He's but he thinks saying. we're wrong. Okay, right, fine. But he doesn't think we're all as sardis and anti-Semites. Which is, you know... <laughs> that means he's one of the nicest ones. <laughs> Uh, okay, we now have Tom Bauer, who was mm-hmm. the author of Dangerous Hero, Corbyn's Ruthless Plot for Power. The one that was found to be incredibly wrong. It was inaccurate and even criticised by most people on the right. Yep. Yep. I think Peter Oban said it was like just bollocks. It's just, yeah, made up. Um, he wrote an article for the Mail. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read a little bit out of it here now. Okay. Dressed in a dirty jacket and creased trousers, Jeremy Corbyn arrived in <laughs> Westminster as a new MP in the summer of 1983. He immediately told friends that Parliament was a waste of time, with no relevance to his Islington constituents, especially the immigrant communities. To be fair. To meet them. Well. <laughs> he set up offices in the Red Rose Centre in Holloway, where his door was always open to a tide of human misery, Cypriot, Jamaicans, Indians, Pakistanis, South Africans, South Americans, Somalis, West Saharans and Kurds all sought his help. Now they can't afford to live there. <laughs> to celebrate a new era, Britain's th- first three black MPs, all Labour, marched into the Commons Chamber together. Paul Boateng, Diane Abbott and Bernie Grant, together with the Asian Keith Vaz, each dressed in their parents' national costumes, created an unprecedented spectacle as they walked towards the Speaker to take the oath. Acting as part supplicant and part valet, Corbyn walked immediately behind, pleased to have a place as the honorary white man for the Black Caucus. Look at Jeremy, said Brian Wilson, a new Scottish MP, to George Galloway. Look how funky he is. Newly elected. He would black up if he could. What's revealing about that is the classic thing of the main point that people don't like about Jeremy Corbyn's politics was always the implication that he would not put white lives first. Yeah. It's also interesting to remember like, Keith Faz when he started. Oh, yeah. Like, was it like a couple of days ago? Keith Faz is now secretary for his CLP. <laughs> yeah. And then all straight away there was a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was um, he didn't go to prison because he was like dementing. It, no, it, I don't think it was ever announced that he was specifically dementing. The parliamentary procedures that were he was hauled up in front of were paused mm. and eventually abandoned because of quote-unquote medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know specifically what that cool. was. It was never. He was basically too cool. He was. He. Nobody stops the party, mm. right? When Keith Vaz is round and <laughs> him, somebody punching someone else in a constituency party meeting is just it's a continue of that lifelong party. commitment to partying. Yeah, that sounds yeah. alright. Uh, okay, last one. Sarah Sabatour 
on Twitter in response to Ian Dunt saying it's baffling insanity to read more attacks from people's vote types on the Norway deal this morning. What in the bells of fuck are you doing? Saying, because a Norway deal is still worse than the deal we have now. The thing is, there's been such a bad attitude and outrageous approach from May and many MPs that the time for compromise is over. In 2016, I'd have accepted Norway. Now I'll only accept Remain. We know that the Brextremists call it Norway for now, basically meaning it would simply be appeasement and that never ends well. <laughs> oh. Which is like, yeah, no, you, you talked about people's vote and you talked about second referendum because it was a way of hammering people that you didn't th- you thought were insufficiently remain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's again, you were never you never supported that. You no. never thought that there was a possibility of a softer Brexit. It's gross. There is one more, sorry, okay. I just need one. This is an important one. Alison Pearson. Oh. So now all the Jews are staying, who do we nominate to leave? <laughs> Day after the election. Day after. You know who you are. You know who you all are. Whenever you talk about, oh, you're principled anti-racism when you're deporting people out the fucking wazoo. It's just the, it's just the whole notion of all of the stuff het up about, oh, all the, all the Jewish people, all the Jewish community are going to have to leave. Mm. That's it. If Corbyn gets in, new Holocaust all straight away. And then the second, the second that that election was lost, saying, so who do we nominate for our new Holocaust? Protestants. <laughs> We're not talking about that again. Well, no, if Rebecca Long Bailey gets in, then they're going to... Oh, do... right, oh, okay. Well, sorry, then, sorry, then we're turning on the Protestant, surely. <laughs> that's so boring. <laughs> surely that's what we do. <sighs> okay, so... So what's the worst hypocrisy, the worst quiet part loud? Hmm. What do you like the best? Ball outing himself is just loving... Loving whoever's in charge with mm. the rush document stuff. Yeah, that did seem to excite a certain yeah. emotion in the room. What did I mean when I wrote down dumbass website? The one that gave you... The guy who was interviewed who'd set up a site that gave you three stories for each news story. Oh, yeah, and he said, but I voted Tory. What are you? What do you got? Oh. That's pretty good. James Ball is pretty good. Mm-hmm. How about you, Swinson Adam? Swinson nuking the world. Oh, Swinson nuking the world. It's very revealing. I, I like the John McTurnan one just because it's like, that encompasses not just his view, but that's the view of liberalism, of like the quiet part loud thing. Yeah. Liberalism has always been at the base of everything, that yeah. all the world that we exist in, the bourgeois world we exist in, is property rights. That is mm. the sine qua non of the way we Actually, live now. No, I think, I think McTurnan wins because McTurnan mm. deserves to win mm. something because he's never run an election campaign as well. Oh, there gosh. you go. <laughs> Playing favourites. Uh, I do have a couple of honourable mentions oh, here. Yes. Just, just a couple of quick ones. Uh, one is, uh, as the uh, results of the uh, December election rolled in, mm. uh, Jess Phillips laughing at the results, and not yeah. like laughing as in, oh, like, shit. You, uh, you are laughing to stop from crying, but laughing in, in delight. Yeah. That uh, the Corbin project is done. That was pretty good. And uh, big, it's it's uh, it's uh, Big Mama's time now. Yeah. Uh, that also uh, over the summer, um, there was an incident uh, at uh, Gay Pride Walthamstow, uh, where a woman in a burqa uh, was shouting homophobic abuse mm-hmm. uh, at um, at the pride at the at the at the pride goers at the marchers, that, yeah. uh, and that was uh, posted on Twitter. Uh, by Paul Embry uh, saying that like this is proof that these people cannot uh, 
cannot uh, uh, adapt, cannot conform to uh, Western society. And it was retweeted, unironically, by one Estella Creasy, saying that, like, <laughs> this is unacceptable, we will be launching a police in investigation into this. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this, this woman's behavior was not acceptable, but you also don't have to signal boost Islamophobic mm. bigots to you know, to get that point across. You Without, know how this intersectionality Yes, you know exactly what Paul Embry is trying to say yeah. here. With that Wolf of the Pride March, it's only been... Paul no. Embry hates gay people, 100%. Yeah. With the um, Wolf of the Pride March, it's like a little thing just being just saying how great my, my daughter is. But like, she went to, I think, one Pride March, mm. and then since then, whenever anyone has asked her, like, the Wolf of the Pride March was, was like, oh, so you're going to go to the Wolf of the Pride March? And she said, are there corporate backers? The response was yes, and she's like, "Well, I ain't gonna be there then." Well, that's that's how like every UK Pride March is now. Yeah, full my, of corporate backers and cops. Yeah. So what's my the sweet point? daughter, she went to her first Pride March, I think, when she was fifteen, and oh. then she like never wanted to go to one ever again because there <laughs> yeah. were too many companies. <laughs> but yeah, oh, okay. oh I think Stella, that, Stella that, retweeting Paul Embry. I will say, in not in defense of Stella, but in uh, a kind of thing, she, in defense of Paul, um, <laughs> in defense of Paul Embry, uh, in defense of the lady. Um, who who shouted all that homophobic abuse? No, um, there was something I remember that as Katie Hopkins also retweeted it and added a comment. She was she that Stella then went in and said we have a multicultural borough. This isn't so. She kind of course corrected mm. afterwards. Okay, I think. Okay, just not you know I, she should have. You don't have to be so quick on on the button mm. on that okay, one. Okay, I think. Okay, I think. Jimmy Bollock working for WikiLeaks and then immediately saying that WikiLeaks is bad. That's top tier. It's pretty good. How do you feel about it? I'm, I'm, I'm. I think the Bollock gets an award. Actually, McTernan doesn't get an award. McTernan never wins anything. <laughs> Maybe next year, McTernan. Yeah. Fine.